0: Uh, Just a tremendous verse. I got a blessing out of this yesterday and this morning. Probably should have preached on it, but I got a different message. But look look at this before we continue. In um, in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, Paul said, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you... according to the riches of His glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and height, and to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. Notice that. Boy, there's a wonderful God. Amen. Amen. Exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. I just want to uh, remind everybody that no other institution in the whole world has the promise of God like the local church. He promised perpetuity. He, He promised power. He said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. No other institution has that promise. And we have that promise today. I just want to remind everybody, he's exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And it's because Jesus Christ died for us. Um, and I'm, I hope your Christian life is doing well. How many, how many are uh, uh, just, you're really, you're really, really in love with the Lord today? And if you're not, how many really want to be more in love with him? Because he's really in love with us. And he loves us more than you realize. Just an encouraging thing. God God is wonderful. He he's he, he still has not changed and he still loves us more than you could possibly imagine. Can't comprehend it? Praise the Lord. All right, now that that's just not part of the message. I want you to go to Psalm one oh three Psalm one oh three with me today. I want to preach a message having to do with uh, this 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 concept of God allowing man to strive with him. Now, I don't understand why God put up with me before I got saved. You ever thought about that? How many of you uh, knew somebody that was pretty ornery before before they got saved? Could that be you? (laughs) But yet he still, he, he, he didn't, he didn't let you go. I mean, you, you, you could have died and gone to hell, and he would have been justly in condemning us, right? Unbelievers are condemned already. They don't have to even be judged, but they will be. But yet God had patience with us while we were striving against him. Isn't that amazing how God can let that happen? Now, if you were God, or if I were God, we probably wouldn't let that happen very much. How many have, your patience is probably not the same as God's. How many have a short fuse in some, some areas of your life? <laughs> like uh, one, one girl from the South, uh, uh, I think her name was Bonnie Fenton. Yes, I think she's the one that, that told me this. Uh, hey, Bonnie, if you're listening. Uh, John and Bonnie, is her friends from us from San Diego, and she said, she said, I only got one nerve left, and you're stepping all over it. <laughs> Isn't that a great statement? I love that. I got one nerve left, and you're stepping on it. But I don't know how the Lord lets us go for so long. And uh, he, he's, letting, he's, he's allowing man to strive against him, and yet he sits back sometimes. And the Bible says he does laugh and has them in derision. I think it's Psalm 2, I'm not sure. He, he will let people uh, just run their head into a brick wall until they're done getting hurt. And uh, sometimes he lets us see our own folly, right? Isn't he a patient God? Isn't he wonderful that if, if, if he just had no patience with anybody and he, and he just uh, judged as soon as we strove with him, we, none of us would probably ever be saved. He's patient, long-suffering. And I'm still amazed how God lets men strive with Him. There's a lot of strife in America right now. And yet the Lord, He's, he's just comfortable in heaven. He's not worried. He's not, he's not shook up. He's not. He, God is still God. I don't know how He allows that. There's some terrible things going on. And yet God has a purpose. Look at Psalm 103 and let's remember how, how God allows us. Look at this now, verse number 8. It says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. He will not always chide, neither will He keep His anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, amen, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities, For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. Isn't that amazing how God just knows all about us? He's very calm and gentle and long-suffering, and yet He lets man strive with Him. I hope that you and I would not strive against the Lord, but strive with Him, strive with Him. Father, I pray the day You'll help us to endure hardness as a good soldier and be faithful in the middle of a storm. I pray that You'll help us to look to You every day and gain peace and comfort like a father as we look to our fathers and we see that in the middle of turmoil and, and sadness and problems we look to our father and we see he's he's he seems to be okay and uh, he seems to be handling it well he's got something that we don't have he understands full well he's been down this road many times and yet father help us not to strive against God help us to Trust Him. Trust the Lord with all Thy might. And Lord, we pray that we would not lean unto our own understanding. In all our ways, we pray that we would acknowledge You, that You might direct our paths. Help us and fill us with the calm, quiet peace of God today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, uh, I used to be kind of short when I grew up. As a, as, a, as a grade school kid, and as a junior high kid, I was kind of short. And uh, I always liked to make friends with tall guys and big guys, you know. And one time, I remember, I don't know who it was, but some big old guy put his hand right on my head, and he says, go ahead, try to punch me in the stomach. And uh, you know how guys do that, they push him back, and, and here's this little guy underneath going, <laughs> and he's got a, a, his head on, on my forehead, and I can't reach him, and I, I'm just so frustrated. And You know, after a while, I just got to stop trying. Amen? Have you, how many of you guys ever done that to a little guy? That's good fun. It is. It's okay. It's not a sin. You're teaching him something. Like, go ahead, flail away, kid. Go ahead, try to hit me. Oh, my goodness. I feel like sometimes, man, he, he's uh, he's trying to, He's trying to strike out at God. He can't reach him, and he's all frustrated, and he can't reach him, and he's swinging his fists at God. And I think uh, sometimes the Lord, although some of it's very tragic, I, I think he, he puts up with that because one day that guy that's fighting, God's going to run out of gas. He's not going to be able to keep that up. And God allows that to happen where man fights against him and fights against him and keeps struggling against him. But yet, I don't know how in the world God does it, but he works through all that, even the, all these people all over America that are rioting and doing terrible things and torching cities. And yet, here's our God. He knows all about that, doesn't he? Amen. He knows all about it. He's not happy with it. He doesn't overlook it, but yet he He sees something down the road that we don't know about. He sees He sees me at the age of 17 getting saved but he also allowed me to get 17 years of really wild child lifestyle a lot of problems I remember many many times my mom crying herself to sleep in our single wide trailer and you know trailers are not insulated very well sometimes you know you can hear people you know coughing you can hear anything you can hear uh, mumbling or whatever in the next room. You know, you can hear radios. And my mom and dad bought a hamster for my brother one time. And and the hamster wheel was in the, uh, the hamster put it in the closet and broke it out on Christmas morning. My brother got a hamster. <laughs> Man, <laughs> I was so jealous. Anyway, um, but the, the wheel was squeaking, just a little that dumb hamster never figured out that he wasn't getting anywhere, he was just running around there. And so every night, you know, this hamster would squeak and I like a man alive. Well, the trailer the trailer didn't have any any sound insulation. And I was a wild little kid. And I, I remember my mom crying herself to sleep at night. You know, we'd get into a big family fight most of the time my fault. But I remember how patient my mom and dad was with me, they put up with a lot, and yet I'm glad God waited because He could see the end, right? And yet He He sees all this strife in the world. He it's it, it's not shocking Him at all. You see, Job, Job's friend Eliphaz. Let me let me give you a quote here, Job chapter five, uh, just a partial quote. He said. Uh, Man is born unto trouble as the sparks fly upward. Boy, that's an interesting uh, campfire. You know, you stir the fire and sparks are flying. Man's born to trouble as the sparks fly upward. John, in 1 John 5:19, tells us that the whole world lieth in wickedness. Yet God's in heaven, he's pure and clean. And righteous and holy. And sometimes I marvel at how long he lets things go. But I'm glad he let me go for a while before I came to Christ. I wonder, do you think maybe the Lord knows better than we do about what's going on in the world? Would you agree with that? you think maybe he's got a better plan that we, we, we would like to take care of everything right now? David said that God looked down from heaven upon the children of men in psalm 14 and unfortunately he was looking for he if there was any that seek god and did understand and his conclusion was that they're all become filthy they're all out of the way there's none righteous no not one for all have sinned and come short of the glory of god then paul repeated that in romans chapter 10 or chapter 3 uh and 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 the conclusion is that no it's uh it's, it's, it's a rotten world out there. And yet, look at what God has done for you and me. He saved us. He saved you. He saved you. You understand? Some say, are you saved? Yeah. But are you really saved? Yeah, you're either saved or lost. But you know what I mean. Somebody gets saved and says, say, man, that guy really got saved. That just means he got a big dose of the Holy Spirit. I've I've seen people get saved and say, yeah, that was nice. What's for dinner? And then somebody, I just thank God. He saved me. Oh, boy, I like that part. Amen. People, when they get saved, they ought to be excited about it. They ought to be happy they're saved because he did a great work. Paul repeats that in Romans chapter 3. And then here's something. God himself told Moses, My spirit shall not always strive with man. His days shall not exceed 120 years. There's nobody on the earth now that's ever going to live more than 120 years. That's the cap. Say, I know know a lady and she lived to be 127. No, she got too old to count. She lost count because God said 120. That's it. I don't want to live that long. I'll tell you what. Man, I've been, I've been thinking about, yeah, I can't wait to make 100. Well, you know, uh, uh, maybe, maybe not. Let's, yes, I still want to, but the word strive is identically uh, synonymous with the word drive. It, you can use them interchangeably. It's, it's a strive. It's to make an effort, to use exertion. It's to endeavor to labor when you strive. You work hard. You labor hard. A farmer strives when he's clearing his field. He's got to clear out all the stumps. And if there wasn't a lot of striving, there wouldn't be such fruit and uh, raspberry fields and corn fields. And there wouldn't be room for cattle. Uh, There's just so much striving. And the bricklayer, boy, how many of you ever uh, laid bricks before? Wasn't that hard work? I actually hate that. I don't ever want to strive that way ever again. Uh, it's good hard work, though. It's good for you. It is. Some of you need to do that. But my dad and I built a brick wall, brick patio, and I just wow. And and we we had brick work around here. They, they, they strive. Those guys work hard. They strive at it. Look at Nehemiah for a minute. When you think uh, of the of the word strive. You must remember that God, He's not going to always His spirit's not going to always strive with man. Um, now, uh, in 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 Nehemiah chapter uh, chapter number four, let's go there. Here's the Christian life. We strive. It is a it, it is not a piece of cake. It's not a fairy tale like. Lester Roloff said, it's a battlefield, brother, not a recreation room. It's a fight and not a game. I love that song. Uh, I I came here. (laughs) I came here to strive for the Lord. And, you know, there's a lot of good people that strive for God. Here's Nehemiah in chapter number four. Look at verse 17. They which build it on the wall and they that bear burdens with those that laid it. Those are carriers of bricks and whatnot. Everyone, every, everyone with one of his hands wrought in the work. That's they were they were striving to do this, notice. And with the other hand, they held a weapon. Charles Spurgeon's got a book called The Sword and the Trowel. And that's the Christian life, isn't it? You put. You put your trowel down, you can't get anything done. You put your sword down, the devil's going to win. You have a Bible in one hand, and and you have a tool in the other. You have a sword in one hand, and you have a trowel in the other. Listen, folks, we're not going to get out of this fight. It's going to be something that we have to endure. We've got to fight for Jesus. It's important. Listen, the only, thing, the only thing I wish I could have done for, for sake of illustrations, I wish I could have been a Marine and a soldier in the Army. I wish I could have been in the Air Force. I wish I could have been in the Navy and uh, the uh, uh, Coast Guard. But I only had one life. I only spent a little time in the Navy. But I learned something really, really valuable for my Christian life in the Navy. The worst place to be is tied up to the pier. It's the worst place. The first place, the best place is to be cruising in the water. Ships were made to sail. Ships were made to cruise. And, and, and when a storm comes, guess what? The safest place for a ship is to be cruising. The Christian life was not just, just sitting or doing nothing. Oh, my goodness, our country, we've got, we, we got to get busy. Boy, the Christian life is something where we need to fight. It, the, the best thing in the world is to exercise if you're thinking about your body, right? How many understand exercise is good for you? It is excellent. How many have exercised and you hated it, but when you got done, you felt better? Yeah. So we're going to start an exercise class here. All right, everybody up. Jumping jacks, ready? Whoa. How many of you know what an eight-count burpee is? That will kill you. Oh, I don't even want to explain what that is. That's, where, that's, that's just torture, torture, physical torture. Oh, why did I bring that up? The best thing for the human body is, is, is good food and exercise and sunshine, right? What, if, what, what about your Christian life? You say, I don't know what's the best thing. I'll tell you what it is. It's the Word of God in action, Doing something with the Bible. It's, it's healthy for our Christian life. Nehemiah, one hand with the sword, one hand with a trowel. That's, we're just, that's the way we're made. And God saw to it. Now we strive. Listen, there's, there's nothing wrong, wrong with striving if you're striving for a good cause. We used to strive against God. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. I'm not going to be long. I, I'm not joking about that. I, I don't want to wear the batteries out. I, I don't want you to endure the sermons. I don't want you to have to endure it. I want you to be blessed by them. And I want, I, I'm preaching to myself too. But it's, it's fun. It's fun to get into the Bible. It's, it's exciting. It's healthy. Your Christian life. God had chosen by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let's look at this, Romans chapter 6, verse 17. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. It says, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. See, we, we used to strive against God. And we used to endure hardness in, in the wrong way. We used to stay up way too late doing so many bad things. Having a bad crowd that we hung around. Doing bad things. I, I it's only by the mercy of God that I didn't get in worse trouble when I was a teenager. My goodness. And, you know, I mean, we, we didn't we didn't commit felonies and all that stuff and going around. It was just a lot of mischief. You know what I mean? A lot of mischief, a lot of bad things could have got me in trouble. And I didn't I didn't really care what God said. I had no feelings for him. I, I was scared of him, but I didn't I wasn't saved yet. So I was striving against God, but now I'm striving for him. Now I work for God. You do too as a Christian. One hand you have a, a sword, the other have a trowel. You've got your Bible. You've got the word of God working in your heart. There's a, there's a conflict going on. There's a strife. And boy, the sparks fly upward. Can't get around that. you gotta got to own it, amen? Just if somebody calls you a Christian, go ahead and be one. If somebody says, all you, all you talk about is the Bible, go ahead and do it. <laughs> they expect it from you, right? Don't disappoint everybody. Go ahead and let them know you're a Christian, right? Amen. You watch God take over. Boy, I'll tell you, it was just so good. <laughs> so many times. Oh, and I've I've told the stories. I won't belabor that, but I used to strive against God. Number two, now, because we're saved, we strive for Him. Look at Acts chapter number nine. Remember Paul? What a picture of a man that was striving against God and then turned around, and I'm telling you, his whole life changed, and he started striving for God. And he was making up for lost time. Amen. I believe that man suffered so greatly for the Lord without complaining because he made other people suffer so bad before he got saved. He knew what it was to suffer or make people suffer, so he didn't mind it. Then after he got stoned and whipped and beat and robbed and all a shipwreck, he said, "Bring it on!" I, I I don't know if he thought I deserve it, but I said. I really believe Paul had the Holy Spirit to where he didn't care anymore what, what happened to him. Amen? He says, no, I've already been down that road. I've strived against God. Now I'm going to strive for him. Look at Acts chapter 9, verse 20. You know, we ought to have a cause. We ought to have something we do for God. And here's what happened to Paul. In verse 20, he says, straightway, he preached Christ in the synagogues, that he is the son of God. Now remember, he didn't believe he was the son of God before. He was going to all the synagogues. He was training to be a high priest down in Jerusalem with under Gamaliel. This man was on, he was getting his tickets punched so he could be one of the top uh, Pharisees. He was on his way to be the high priest. He was moving in that direction. And everybody knew Saul of Tarsus hated the churches. They They thought it was a cult, but now look at him. He's striving for God now. He said, but all all that heard him were amazed, verse 21, and said, is not this he that destroyed them which called on this name in Jerusalem and came hither for that intent that he might bring them bound unto the chief priests? But Saul increased more and more in strength And confounded the Jews which dwelt in Damascus, proving that this is very Christ. And after that many days were fulfilled, the Jews took counsel to kill him. Oh, listen, there's a big turnaround for Paul. That's a great turnaround. Look at what he did. He he said, well, I've strived against God. Now I'm going to strive for him. I'm on his team without any pride. Thirdly, now we not only strive with God, but we strive against the world. Folks, this is where a lot of Christians just have a big problem. Listen, the world is terribly strong. It will suck you in. The world is a definite, definite power. It is hard to withstand the world. Even the love of the world. Listen, there's a big world out there. In fact, the devil when he tempted Jesus, tried to get Jesus to let him uh, be tempted with all the world. He says, look at all the kingdoms of this world. I'll give them to you if you fall down and worship me. It is really strong. You've got to work against that. But we have the victory against the world. Now, it's, it's okay to strive against the world. It's okay. It's okay to strive against the world. That's what God said. Look at 1 John 5. See, see, see if this is Bible or if this is just Brother Shaver speaking. Because if it's God, we ought to heed it. Amen. If it's just me, you don't have to listen to thing I say. But if it's God, now we've got a job to do. We're not We're striving with the Lord. But w- what are we striving against? The world. The world. It says in verse number 4. Of chapter 5 1st John for whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world and this is the victory that overcometh the world even our faith who is this or excuse me who is he that overcometh the world but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God so you see it's natural it's gonna be natural for us to not be uh, going along with everything the world does everything the world says Everything the world is. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Our treasures laid up somewhere beyond the blue. You got to remember that. We strive against the world. The world would have us to do some of the most crazy things. Did you know that uh, the world is teaching our kids some very bad things in school? Now I'm not against school, and I, I hope you understand. This is really serious stuff, though. I've got to reteach children. I, we, as parents, we have to kind of unteach them what the world teaches them. We've got to have another class at home to filter out what the what the school system's teaching our kids. And by the way, it's not all bad. Well, if they just stick to reading, and writing, and arithmetic, the three Rs, and spelling later on. Right. <laughs> Arithmetic spelled with an A in case you didn't catch that. But uh, the, 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 we if they just stick with the pure science and the pure things, I wouldn't have a problem. But when they want to really indoctrinate all the kids with all this kind of nonsense and socialism and stuff, so, then I got to reteach them. I, we, got, we got to reteach our kids. Why? Because the world is out there trying to teach them their doctrine. I wish it wasn't so controversial. Don't you? Don't you wish we could all just hand each other a rose, <laughs> box of chocolate, and sing? I finally figured out what "kumbaya" means. I heard it means "come by here." <laughs> Uh don't be offended. I kinda liked that song when I was a kid. Kumbaya, my Lord, Kumbaya. You know, but but the world ain't ain't no kumbaya stuff. That's that's not gonna happen. It's a it's a battlefield. So now we strive, don't we? How many of you say you ought to strive for the truth? Amen. And you ought to strive for what's right. Boy. There's so many so many Testings and uh little things that uh come our way we'll we'll teach we'll teach somebody something to, now this is this is what God said, but then the devil will come around and say, Well, can we change that just a little bit? No no, I guess not. I mean you know how many understand gray areas when you're a parent are really difficult, right? It used to be where there's some absolutes, but now there seems like I can't find an absolute. It's absolutely impossible to find an absolute. You'll get that. <laughs> Look at First John 2, First John chapter 2. So we strive, yes, we're not striving against God now. We're striving with him. Uh, if God be for us, who could be against us? We have, we have something we're working toward and for. We strive. Yep, we, we make effort, we exert, we endeavor, and we labor hard. But we're doing it with God and for God now against the world. 1 John 2. Look at verse 15. Uh, <clears throat> Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of uh, of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. If you're searching out to do the will of God, you will have some strife. Your strife will come. Not necessarily from others that that want to do what God wants you to do, but it'll come from the world. The world will not want you to go to church. The world will not want you to read your Bible. The world will not want you to live purely. The world will not want to hear. Uh, I wish you'd pray for a pastor uh, in New Jersey. Pray for Charlie Clark, uh, Solid Rock Baptist Church. Uh, he's, he's, uh, He's going at it. And you know what? Somebody told him that that, uh, the reason it's so bad with what he's doing is because he preaches loud. (laughs) Some news reporter said, well, we know what's wrong. It's just you're preaching loud. Boy, that didn't come from God. (laughs) Lift up thy voice like a trumpet. (laughs) Cry aloud and spare not. uh, That's coming from the world. Amen. Amen. But now we strive, here's something else we do, we strive with each other. How many understand how wonderful it is to have somebody come alongside and strive with you? I love that. Look at Romans 15. In Romans 15, we strive together as a team. We strive against the world for God. Romans 15 In verse number 30, it says, Now I beseech, or 15, yes. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit, that you strive together. Strive together with me in in your prayers to God for me. But there's something else. How many of you know what synergy is? Anybody know what synergy is? It's a a real neat term that nobody really understands why, but it's a force that works. And I'll explain it like this. When we were kids, we all said we'd have some guy lay down and uh, we'd try to pick him up with our fingers. We'd have two or three guys on one side and the other guy on the other side, we'd try to pick him up. And we thought it was magic or something. When we all counted to three, We all went one, two, three, whoop, and then we could raise them up. But individually, we couldn't do it because we weren't working together. And so uh, how many have ever remembered doing that? I thought, wow, this is really neat. No, the fact was we were all working together at the same time. And so that's how God works in church, and it's really neat to see it. And uh, Brother Willette, he was preaching this. He explained it a lot better than I could. He said, if one horse can plow 500 pounds and another horse can plow 500 pounds separately, if you put them together and yoke them together, they could pull more than 1,000 pounds. That's what, that's what synergy is called. So the Bible tells us as, as a church, we strive together. We all work together. And that's a powerful thing. And, you know, I, I have uh, seen great things accomplished. Not by myself, though. I love I the work. I love to get things done. But man, when somebody's lifting the other end of the log, you don't have to lift the whole thing. When somebody else is right alongside you, that's why the Bible gives us uh, such wonderful wives. He says, I'll give you a help meet for you. Fit just for you. The greatest thing ever happened to me in my life was marrying my wife after salvation. No joking about that at all. That's just amazing. I, I think I'd be blithering idiot in circles, running around real fast with nowhere to go, spinning, looking down. I, yeah, I'd, be, I'd be a hamster in a cage without my wife, squeaking. You say, oh, you're just saying that because she's here. No, I'm saying it because it's true. And she could tell you, yeah, he's right. (laughs) It is true. It is true. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Well, we strive together. And now, lastly, I want to make this one more point. Soon, our striving will be over. We will not strive in heaven. How many are ready for a great, big, long, eternal vacation? With streets of gold. You'll never, have to, you'll never have to worry about what the devil's doing. Look at Romans chapter 8 with me, please, and we'll be done. Are you striving at... at, at uh, are, are you like a hamster in a wheel right now? Is there something in your life... Listen, get, get alone with the Lord... Link up with God's people and strive with them against the world. Don't strive against God anymore. Don't, don't worry. Uh, God saved us so we can strive with Him. But there's, there's one day, it'll, it'll, all this strife will all be done. And that's why Christians should have that peace, that promise, deep down in your heart. You know that no matter what happens, uh, deep down... Deep down, as deep as it goes, the, 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 the currents are calm. And uh, it's like the mill pond on a, a, a wonderful morning. You know, the birds are chirping. And the mill pond is really like glass. Sometimes I go to Lake Weiser, and it's all ripply. Every once in a while, Lake Wiser, when I go home, it's just like glass. You know what's really neat? You can see the reflection of, of Mount Baker in, in the lake. It's really beautiful sometimes. It just kind of gives you peace for a temporary time. Look at this, Romans chapter 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the the spirit. If so, be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Now watch. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, Ye shall live. Ye shall live. This Holy Spirit peace that God gives all Christians. There's, we strive outside, but on the inside we shouldn't be striving. Amen. We strive against the world with the Lord, but we don't have inner strife. Christians need to have peace. Christians need not to strive with other Christians. Christians need not to strive against God. Christians will be one day done with all of your strife. How many are you looking forward to that day? All of my strife was over really inside when I got saved. And I hope today you have the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Don't let strife get you down outside. Fears within, fightings from outside. Don't let all that. Don't let all of that affect your relationship with God. Peace like a river. As Jeannie plays, maybe today you've noticed that maybe some of this strife in the world has has affected your walk with God. Don't let that happen. Keep that peace like a river flowing gently, and keep that mill, mill pond calm deep down inside, and let that strife, that, that we strive with God, for God, against the world with peace in our hearts, speaking the truth in love. Oh, listen, Christian, how many with an uplifted hand today, how many would say that this uh, this last few months have been a little trying for you? Anybody like that? Have you, like me, I've, I've been shaken up a little bit and i I've, I've, I've been I've been a little depressed in some areas I, it's It's gotten to me it has uh, a little bit. but I thank God for the Bible. I thank God. And listen, we're going to have church tonight. I want to invite you to come back. We're going to have a special tonight uh, and we're going have we're going to have a fellowship. but I pray that when you go home today that you'll remember, let's not strive with each other. Let's not strive against God. Let's strive with him. If God be for us, who could be against us? Father, today we pray the Holy Spirit would give us courage. Help us to endure hardness as good soldiers. Help us to know the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Help us to fight different imaginations and problems that come into this world. Help us to have a verse to go along with every trial we find. And we pray that our Christian lives would be strong and peaceful. We pray that somebody would be saved. Somebody would be strengthened out of our resolve and our character and our our personality and everything we have. Our walk with God, help that to be one of peace. Please, God, give us peace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.